All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a Friday, December 15th edition of Daily Faceoff Live, which, as always, is presented by Botano. The game starts now at Botano.ca, the 2023 EGR brand of the year. They've got all the action on Botano.ca. A little football coming up this weekend. Certainly no shortage of games in the NFL on Sunday as they get closer to the playoffs, as well as some hefty NHL action. We'll have our picks coming up a little bit later in the show. Uh, 19 plus, please play responsibly at Botano.ca. He is former NHL player, current analyst, Colby Cohen. Colby, how you doing? I'm good, Frank. How you doing? It was a, a little bit of a wild night last night. A couple of things we don't get to see too often, and I know we're going to dig right into them on the show. Yeah, a couple of things we're not even going to have time to discuss, like Dan Vladar's scorpion save in that shootout. Uh, certainly some entertaining stuff on the slate. But let's uh, throw two minutes up on the clock, and let's start with, well, when you take a look at how things unfolded in the NHL last night, you got to start with the Toronto Maple Leafs overcoming a 5 nothing deficit in the third period against the Columbus Blue Jackets, and they end up losing 6-5 on home ice after all that work. I guess they're going to cherish the point today that they ended up getting out of that. But Colby, when you take a look at this Toronto Maple Leafs team that has certainly struggled with Ilya Samsonov in net, uh, Joe Wall remains out week to week. What's your level of concern for this Leafs team, which I'm going to throw some stats up on the board here, has not been very good on home ice. Take a look at their home and road splits. Minus two in the old goal differential category, allowing almost four per game, poor save percentage, and their PK 
is certainly a lot worse at home than it is on the road. When you look at where this Leafs team is, what's your level of concern? My concern is high. And I sat on the show, I believe it was last week with Tyler, and I had the same level of concern when we talked about uh, the injury to Joseph Wall, which, again, I kind of laughed at because – uh, the Leafs have a goaltending problem, even with Wall. Like, I'm still not sold on their goaltending. And this is a team that believes that they're a cup contender. I personally right now do not believe they're a cup contender. But you look at some of the holes on their blue line. You look at their goaltending. I mean, look, Samsonov let up a lot of weak goals last night. I, I, I'd say at least three of them he probably has to come up with. The one behind the net on Danforth, the Goudreau power play goal late in the game. Like, these are goals that... An NHL goaltender really has to save. And we're talking are you about surprised? the Columbus Blue Jackets. Are you surprised? I was going to say, they get no points for the comeback against this Columbus team. As, as impressive as it was in the third period, it's still Columbus. But were you surprised that they didn't yank Samson off after two? I, I was surprised. And I actually thought that they did because um, I was flipping around different games. But uh, yeah, I was surprised. Um, but it just shows you that they're not super confident in what they're probably going to get out of Martin Jones. I assume Jones, you know, gets rolled out for their next game, uh, which I believe is tonight. Um, but it's just it's concerning. Like, yeah, great comeback. Give them a lot of credit for scoring five goals in the third period. Uh, Matthew stepped up, Tavares steps up, Nylander steps up, Marner with that between-the-legs goal, which was obviously a highlight real goal. But again, you gave up six to Columbus. You had to come back down from five. Your penalty kill continues to struggle. You're not getting saves. There's a lot of concern in Toronto right now. This is not a cup-contending team. Are they a playoff team? Yeah. Talent alone is going to get them into the playoffs, but it's not a team that's going to do and make any noise in the playoffs the way that they are playing right now. And as you're getting another potential heart trophy type season from Austin Matthews with his production, pretty clear that talent alone won't be enough. Some breaking news since the show started related to that game, the Columbus blue jackets announcing just now the hits keep on coming. Patrick line expected to be sidelined six weeks with a clavicle fractured suffered last night. So line goes down on top of the other list of injuries for the blue jackets. It's been some tough sledding this year for Columbus, who of course on the other end of that blew a five goal third period lead, but let's shift our focus to St. Louis where Jordan Cairo had blues fans all hot and bothered on Thursday, getting booed lustily on home ice for his comments that were made earlier in the day when asked about coach Craig Berube, who was fired, Drew Bannister takes over as interim last night, picks up his first win behind the Blues bench. And his comment was kind of, I guess you could say, flippant. I've got no comment, he said. He's not my coach anymore. End quote. Fair or foul that Blues fans reacted the way they did, Colby? Foul. I, I, like, completely foul. Um, I cannot believe what has become of this situation. I really cannot believe what has become. We all talk about how hockey players uh, don't want to have personalities. They don't want to sound off. You know, it's, it's totally different than other sports where you see guys like attacking their coaches or teammates or whatever in the media. And honestly, it's no secret that him and Craig Berube's relationship struggled. And I believe that it's okay not to like your coach. And it's okay for a coach not to like a player. These are human beings. Not everybody is going to like each other. That doesn't mean you necessarily don't respect someone. Look, I played four years for Bruce Cassidy. Did I like him as a coach? No. Did I respect him with his hockey knowledge? 
absolutely yes. So two things can be true at once. And look, Cairo could have said, I hated him. I'm glad he got fired. Like he could have gone so many different directions with it, but he just said, he's not my coach anymore. I have no comment. I'm not even going to go there. I don't want to create controversy for no reason for a guy who's no longer with the organization. The fact that the fans were blueing, uh, excuse me, booing him, blueing him, I guess that, that works as well too. Um, I wish we had Scott Darling on the show to talk about his favorite city of St. Louis uh, because I, I thought that this was a bad look and, and I don't think Cairo deserved uh, to be booed on home ice in front of the home crowd for the reasons he was. Yeah, so before I give my two cents, just take a listen to Cairo and how he responded after the game when asked about his treatment by the Blues fans. You know, obviously respect Chief, you know. He's been my coach for the whole time I've been here, right? So, you know, I respect everything he's done here. You know, he's done, he's done a great job. You know, he won a cup, right? So all I really meant was, you know, I'm just trying to focus on my future and, you know, focus on what I can do to help my team win. So that's, that's all I really meant. Jordan, uh, how difficult is it to have the fan base react the way they did tonight? Were you hearing the booze on the ice? Um, yeah, <laughs> I definitely heard those. Um, I mean, it's not easy, obviously, but... You know, I see where they're coming from you know, with how my comments sounded. So that's yeah, definitely tough. I mean, you know, I love playing here. I love playing in front of the fans. So, yeah. What would you want to say about Craig Ruby? You, mean, you just mentioned that he was your coach for a long time. Mm -hmm. but like, how did he impact your career? What do mm -hmm. you say about that? Yeah, I mean, helped me in a lot of ways, right? You know, it's really helped me round it all my game and try to be more complete players. So, you know, like I said, you know, I respect him as a guy. And, you know, no way towards him at all. When did you Certainly some damage control there for Jordan Cairo, and I get his reaction. I'm really kind of taken aback by the whole thing. I didn't realize, first off, how in tune with social media the Blues fan base is. But more than that, it seemed kind of so innocuous. When you ask a player at a morning skate about someone who no longer works for the team and was fired two days ago, players to me are so narrowly focused on just what's in front of him and the game that I don't even think he was thinking with what he said clearly and didn't mean it to come off the way that he did. But even if he did, I don't know that that deserves a boo. I, so yeah, it's, it's disappointing. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm disappointed. And honestly, this is what makes people not want to say anything. This is why guys don't ever want to speak to the media. And then in the postgame scrum, and I'm not sure who that reporter was, but was he working for Craig Berube? Like it was almost like he was carrying Craig Berube's water, asking him those questions, trying to like dig in, dig in, dig in. Like, again, you'll wonder why players don't want to talk to the media, especially after a game, especially before a game. And to me, that that's a good example because this thing was so blown out of proportion for absolutely no reason. Agreed. Totally. Let's talk about Steven Stamkos and his big night in Edmonton as the Tampa Bay lightning halted a, Eight-game winning streak for the Edmonton Oilers. They were so close to tying a franchise record, which when you consider some of the great teams in Edmonton history, the fact that they could have done that this season, the way that it started, pretty damn impressive for Tampa to come from behind and grab that win on a four-goal night from Steven Stamkos. And here's where I want to take it with you, Colby. Stamkos, who is north of a point per game at this point in his career, the Tampa Bay Lightning have made it clear that they are not going to be negotiating a contract extension with Stamkos at any point this season. He has voiced his displeasure as the longtime captain of this team, a guy who helped deliver multiple Stanley Cups to Tampa Bay. What do you make of the fact that Stamkos is playing this well is such a big part of a team that 
at varying points this year. And as you take a look at the standings, sits on the outside looking in at the playoff picture. What do you make of them not negotiating with their captain? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think uh, having just been in Chicago for a couple of years and seeing what happened with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, I, I think, unfortunately, this is what has to happen because I don't think Tampa Bay has five and seven more years of, of, of runs in them. I think Tampa Bay is closer to a rebuild than another Stanley Cup. And that doesn't mean they're not a Stanley Cup uh, playoff team this year. I believe Vasilevsky is going to continue to find his game. We saw him play really well uh, a, a week ago or so where he had almost two shutouts in a row. Um, but I, I still think they're a playoff team. Uh, but I do not look at them as a team that can really threaten to win and I think, unfortunately, like we've seen with other teams, you you win two Stanley Cups, you play in a number of Stanley Cup finals, the Eastern Conference finals, and you need a rebuild. And well, what, again, so what's I'm, the fair? OK, so let's say all that's true. And I take you and, and I say, all right, I accept everything you just said. But Steven Stamko is still an elite player at his age, still north of a point per game, has still done all these different things with regard to his legacy in Tampa. And I know you don't get paid on your legacy. You get paid or should get paid on what you're doing moving forward. What's a fair fit? Is it like a three-year deal at $6 million per? Like, what would you do to keep Steven Stamkos around and happy while he's still also playing at an elite level? Yeah, like I think three years, Frank. I, I think exactly that. I, I don't. I don't think that giving him a long-term deal is the right decision for the franchise. And I ultimately think they have to think about the franchise first. Um, and and I look at Pittsburgh. I think learn from Pittsburgh's mistakes. When you have an aging core, even players who are playing elite, like Sidney Crosby, is still playing at elite level. It's hard to build a team with an aging core. It is. And so unless Steven Samkos is okay being there through a rebuild and potentially being on non-playoff teams or teams that struggle, you look at Tampa Bay, they don't have any draft picks. They've traded every single one of them away. Um, you need uh, you need capital to rebuild. And I think he's a person that could probably fetch you a lot of capital. So I think they're going to have a really tough decision to make personally. I might trade him. I really might. And I might look for a, a, a ransom of a return and that might start your rebuild. I don't think Julian Brisois is thinking that way, but I ultimately wouldn't give him more than three years. I think the number you said three years, 6 million a year. I think that ultimately would be uh, a good contract for him. Knowing Julian Brisebaugh, he's probably thinking more along those lines. He's a stone cold killer in today's NHL. Not all that dissimilar to Doug Armstrong, who we saw fire his coach earlier this week, just one point out of a playoff spot with a team that he's already acknowledged shouldn't make the playoffs this year. Let's have a little fun. Uh, yesterday, we we have Stephen Ellis coming up for the next wave in just about three minutes time. And we're going to talk Team Canada and the World Juniors coming up. But yesterday on the show, we had David Quadrelli on from Canucks Conversation and Canucks Army. And he said something as Roberto Luongo was honored last night. Uh, being placed in Vancouver's ring of honor, which, by the way, is an absurd uh, choice for the Canucks franchise. His number should absolutely be retired. He holds all of their franchise goaltending records. He collected 250-some wins there in Vancouver. Ring of honor wasn't the appropriate choice here. It should have been the number one hanging in the rafters forever, like it already is in South Florida. But I digress, because he got me thinking, Quads did, about what he said about Luongo saying he is the number three goalie of all time. And so I wanted to put you to the test and myself 
to come up with where does Roberto Luongo fit inside the top five? For me, I had him at six. And the differentiator for me between Henrik Lundqvist and Roberto Luongo, whose career numbers are virtually indistinguishable from each other, is the fact that Lundqvist actually won a Vezina. Roberto Luongo never won a Vezina. It's amazing that he was a first ballot Hall of Fame guy and didn't win a Vezina. But I've got Hasek one, Wa two, Marty Brodor three, Glenn Hall, Mr. Goalie at number four, and whose numbers are still incredible for the era that he played in. And not to mention playing 550 some games consecutively. And then I got Lundquist at five. Who you got? And look, admittedly, <clears throat> my goalie historian uh, knowledge is, is sort of limited to like the 90s and later. Um, and so I went with a lot of the goaltenders that, you know, killed it through those errors. And, and I think Marty Brodeur um, is the guy. You look at the wins, you look at the shutouts, you look at the Vesnas, you look at the Stanley Cups. And Frank, I think one of the areas and in, in, in the, the um, that I used when I was coming up with this list was I, I looked at Stanley Cups. Like I weighed Stanley Cups and I felt that they were important, which is why I don't have Lelongo in the top five and I don't have Henrik Lundqvist in the top five. Uh, because I think at that time of year, you can't win uh, without a, st a star goaltender. And, and to me, wins in the playoffs should be weighted heavier than wins in the regular season. Points in the playoffs, shutouts in the playoffs, all the above. I think it should be that way for skaters too. So when I put my list together, which you can see here, has some of the same names as yours and, and some a little bit different. I really did take into account Stanley Cups and Vesna trophies which is why ultimately I didn't have the long go in there. And, you know, from my own playing experience, uh, being on that 2011 Stanley Cup team, you know, I remember the way Longo fell apart in that series. And he mm. did fall apart in that series. And he fell apart on the ice and in the media. Um, and that just always sticks in the back of my head. I, look, I love the guy on social media. I think he's phenomenal. I think he's obviously one of the greatest goaltenders of all time and in the top 10, but... I certainly wouldn't put him at three, as was mentioned yesterday. Most interesting for me is that you have Hasek at four. He won two Hart trophies as the total league MVP, which to me is a huge differentiator. And you have Marc-Andre Fleury at three, who, by the way, is closing in on his own milestone. Four starts away from 1,000 games played as a goalie, which is absolutely ridiculous. Just the fourth person all time to do it if he can get there and shortly. And Third and wins all time. Yeah. Uh, he's right up there in shutouts. He's won multiple Stanley Cups. He's won a Vesna. I, uh, I wasn't knocking it. I was just pointing out the stat that's uh, the milestone that's right around the corner. There you go. Uh, that'll do it. Uh, let's get to the next wave with Stephen Ellis. The next wave is delivered by our friends at DoorDash. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code NATION25. Holiday season is fast approaching, and whether you're an over-eager celebrator or a party season hermit, DoorDash has your needs covered. Stay stocked up for every gathering and a cozy night in. Keep your holidays stress-free with groceries, desserts, gifts, and more delivered to your door with DoorDash. Dash that for the win. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. That's right. He is Stephen Ellis, our prospects analyst at Daily Faceoff. And it is the most wonderful time of the year. And I'm not talking about Christmas being 10 days away. I'm talking about the World Juniors being 11 days away. And Stephen, Team Canada made their final cuts as their camp wound down uh, just nearby to you in uh, Oakville, Ontario. And Stephen, when you look at some of the surprising cuts, for me, it was Jagger Furcus, 27 goals in 29 games this year. But you think someone else was potentially more deserving to make the team? Yeah, obviously, you know, with, with the way the coaching staff gets to look at these guys, they only get a couple days to see them. That first day, the players had just flown in, so they were pretty tired. Then he had a mini scrimmage and two exhibition games. So it wasn't a lot of time to impress. But I think Fergus himself really kind of played himself off the team. Just it did not look I've seen a lot of him in the last couple of years. He didn't look engaged in the puck. He did not do a lot defensively. Nowhere to be found on the score sheet. In terms of players who just didn't impress. It was him. But one guy that impressed me that I was shocked that didn't make the team was Denver Barkey, a Philadelphia Flyers prospect. And that's one where Alan Latang in both of his post-game press conferences singled him out as one of the best players on the team. So for him to not make it was very surprising. Having a very good year uh, with, the, with the London Knights. Uh, just a great energy guy. Would have fit perfectly in the third or fourth line. So, you know, when it looks between him and Easton Cowan, his other his other London Knights prospect, uh, teammate. I was surprised that it was Coward who made it because I thought Barkey looked much better. Yeah, these teams are always tough to choose because you have that balance of taking maybe the best and most talented players versus filling out your roster. And when I look at the way that Team Canada has filled out their roster, to me, there was a, a notable omission. They're one body light. So, Stephen, what's going on with Team Canada that they are potentially holding a spot for? Well, we do know that there's definitely going to be a, a decision soon on a couple of NHL players. It's, I don't know if Zach Benson's the guy. Uh, I think Matthew Patra might be the guy to watch out of Boston. Uh, the player that I thought for sure was going to make this team uh, at the start of the season. I was surprised to see him last as long as he did. It is worth noting he is scheduled to get the next Boston Bruins game off. So it'll be interesting to see if we hear about him soon. A bit of a conspiracy theory, though, in the in, in kind of the media area uh, when the team was announced. If you look at the numbers of the players... Jordan Dumai wore number 11 in training camp, and that's his number in the right in the uh, in Halifax. He was wearing 22 when they announced the roster. Do you know what Roth number was not taken? 11. Do you know who wears number 11? Adam Fantilli. Now, with all the injuries going on of Columbus, I don't think he's going to go, but uh, you know, I thought that was a little interesting. <laughs> uh, that's really interesting. And as you mentioned, Poitras getting that next game off, uh, the Bruins have not decided one way or the other whether he will depart the team 
to join Team Canada. So certainly a name to keep an eye on, but that Fantilli thing would be fascinating. Um, so Stephen, we've talked about some surprising cuts, but who's the most unlikely addition to this World Junior roster for Team Canada? Well, that's Owen Allard, and a lot of people did not know much about him. I can't tell you that I had seen a lot of him heading into this year. He's an undrafted prospect, but he's putting up good numbers, but he's a lot more than just a guy who's playing at a point per game because a 19-year-old getting 30 points in 29 games is nothing special. But for him, he's probably the fastest skater on this team. He's the answer to Oliver Moore on the United States unbelievable defensive player and that really showed you know i didn't think he was a standout player in either of those exhibition games we saw but he did his job well and in these tournaments it'd be very easy to say like let's roll 13 forwards that can all put up a point per game and obviously you're looking at a large he can but he's there because he he'll block shots he'll make life miserable for players you know matt savoy is a very good skater and watching in the drills the only guy that was able to easily defend him every single time in terms of forwards was owen allard so uh he was a long shot guy he had to beat some pretty talented players to get there but i think that's a pretty cool story that he made it is there also a candidate for best world junior story on this roster? Not, you know, with, with Canada, no, but the, the United States has one that I think is pretty interesting. And that's uh, Sam Hillebrandt out of the, uh, the, the Barry Colts. But last year was playing in junior C. He was playing with the Stainer Siskins. If you've never heard of Stainer, I don't blame you. There's about 4,000 <laughs> people that live there. It's kind of just outside of where Barry is, but uh, he was playing there. He, he actually had a perfect record, won every game he played for that team, 11 games, not a huge sample size, but for him to be invited to the USA World Junior Camp was kind of crazy. Uh, but, you know, the one thing I'll say, though, about going back to Canada was kind of, you know, the goaltending was, was pretty interesting, where the top goalie guy heading into this uh, camp was Dominic Pifasentis, the Winnipeg Jets prospect, who... Uh, when you look at him last year, was the OHL's top goalie, just had an unbelievable season, and he was the only goalie cut. I thought that was pretty surprising. So, you know, Canada's team, maybe not a lot of people writing them to be one of the top teams. I expect them to do pretty good. The United States, though, they're the team to beat. And uh, you see, obviously, Hillebrand here, he's having a good year. The save percentage doesn't look great, but it's the OHL. That's kind of what we see. That's still actually a top 10 stat in the league, uh, believe it or not. But uh, going, yeah, going back to Hillebrand, I got a story coming up on him next week on daily face off you're going to want to read it it's uh it's a guy that nobody saw coming making this team junior c i mean i didn't like i know a lot of hockey i i played junior b but the pjchl like that wasn't on my radar and i guess maybe the better part of the story and hopefully one that you answer is uh how does someone from the u.s end up playing junior c outside of barry ontario you know, the easy answer is that he was Barry, like Barry signed him. They wanted him to play somewhere. That was an opportunity, you know, with the, the, the PJ, that's a league with 61 teams. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity to get a lot of ice time. <laughs> it's kind of insane uh, going through this, but like, this is an arena that he was playing in front of that got 200 people per game. And for, he told me that he was just looking for a playing time and, you know, junior c i guess gets you that playing time but he's looking good now it's good to see that we do know that uh andrew oak who was the back or the third goalie the last two years did decline the opportunity to play so it did help uh hillebrandt making this team but still like who saw a guy playing junior c last year going to sweden to play at the world juniors the next year what a story junior c to world juniors thanks so much to Stephen ellis for this edition of the next wave we'll be back have him back for more in a full world juniors preview next week thanks Stephen. thanks guys
All right, Colby, that brings us to our hashtag ask DFO inbox question of the day, which is brought to you by Tourism Jasper. Now is the time to start planning your next tri uh, next trip to Jasper. Marmot Basin, uh, nestled right there in the Canadian Rockies, is open for skiing and snowboarding with lift tickets currently 60% off. Uh, check out all the new rides that they have there, including a new quad chair opening in December that provides access higher than the previous chair and access to Alpine bowls. I've been there for, uh, the pond hockey tournament. Can't wait to go back in January. Jasper, unbelievably beautiful scenic spot in Jasper, Alberta. Venture beyond go to jasper.travel for more details. Colby, the are inbox. We hitting, are we hitting the slopes when we're out there? I don't know. Hockey? We are you a skier? Oh yeah, let's go ski. Right. Let's go. Let's, let's right. get we'll, the slopes. We'll, we'll make it happen. Uh, Colby, uh, we know what, so the inbox question, let's have a little fun. We know what Joe Thornton said he would do if he scored four goals in a game. Steven Stamko scored four last night. What would you do? What would your celly be both on and off the ice? If you scored four goals in an NHL game? <laughs> well, uh, on the ice, I mean, probably just, you know, the normal thing you see now. I mean, I guess guys nowadays love to go down to the knee and I, I was more where the, where's the fans, you know, where find the student section and go into the glass. But, uh, you know, I think what, what, what I would have more fun would be the celebration after make sure you get a good night out with the guys, make sure you, uh, you pick up the tab and, and throw down pretty good that night. But I mean, I, I don't know. I probably, uh, I, I was never scoring four goals in a game, Frank. So it's you're catching me so far off guard that I have no idea. <laughs> it's uh, it's an incredible thing to think about. I mean, some guys don't get to play five games, let alone score four goals in one game. And, you know, it's kind of sad in today's NHL. When I first started covering the league, there was guys having so much more fun after games. It feels like guys in today's NHL barely consume alcohol. So not to say that's a must to have fun. It's just the old celebration every now and again would be good. A lot, a lot of Xboxes being brought onto the plane these days or PlayStations or, or whatever. You, you didn't see that when I was a rookie, you know, first breaking into professional hockey, uh, the guys would have a, have a place picked out to go hang out at. Nobody was hanging out in the hotel playing video games. So definitely, uh, times are changing. No doubt. <laughs> there were a couple guys playing video games when I first started covering the league and they were mercilessly made fun of on the team. Uh, let's get to our Botano daily bets as mentioned, Botano 2023 EGR brand of the year where you can get all the action. The game starts now at Botano.ca and tonight got two plays for you filling in for our guy, Tyler Remchuk. I'm going to take the Sens on the money line back to back situation for the Sens. I know they've been off to a rough start this year, but I couldn't help but listen to their post game comments last night and see how dejected they were. And I, I just have a feeling they're going to come out way better tonight against a really good Dallas Stars team. You see a pretty decently sized favorite. So I'm going to, you know, roll the dice on the Sens at plus 175. And I'm also going to take the New York Rangers on the puck line. The Ducks out east, uh, they've been struggling of late. The Rangers have scuffled a bit too. They've allowed a lot of goals. Igor Shesterkin has been openly questioned in the New York media. Jonathan Quick uh, in his stead has been excellent all season long. Uh, so I'm going to take the Rangers to win by two at a pretty decent minus 118, I think, given the disparity in talent between the Rangers and Ducks. Colby, what do you think of this? I, I, li I like the Rangers pick, but I'm not sold on the Ottawa Senators. I, I, I'm certainly not parlaying those two together, that's for sure.
Okay. All right. Well, not parlaying two straight bets. I don't believe in the parlay. That's a sucker's bet, but that's a story for another day. Let's get to garbage time today, which is brought to you by Wendy's and the daily face-off survivor pool. I was kicked out on Tuesday this week, eliminated on day two, but I was kind of proud of myself, made it back past day one for the second time in a row. I've been getting slaughtered on the daily face-off survivor pool. You can join in new games starting on Monday at dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com and Wendy's you can play for free food and a $5,000 cash prize at the end of the season. Wendy's and their serotipitous menu with chicken strips and French toast sticks in the same box. So, uh, Colby, that brings us to garbage time and a little debate that raged on in Minnesota as Matt Zuccarello went in on his shootout attempt last night. Did he double touch this puck? Was the correct call made on the ice? A little bit of controversy going in against Dan Vladar. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, Vladar was not happy because he did double touch the puck, but the rule is that you've got to shoot the puck and then you don't get that second opportunity to hit the puck. I believe it's rule 24 in the rule book. So as long as the puck is continuing to move forward, I think, oh, I, yep, rule 24. As long as the puck continues to move forward and it's not off of a shot, it would be a good goal. So the way this play rolled out, Frank, in my opinion, they did make the right call because the puck only hits Vladar because he poke checks. Zuccarello never actually gets an opportunity to take a shot. So having said that, do you like this rule? Do you think a guy should be able to smack a rebound in as long as they keep moving forward? Or do you feel like the NHL has this one right? So help me understand this a little bit further because I did see it live and I didn't really dive in. Essentially because he flubbed on the puck that he was well, he allowed the, the he next... Basically, what they're saying is, is he didn't shoot that. That be the reason he lost the puck, and the reason the puck touched the goaltender is because the goaltender actually poke checked him. Uh, so, had he have shot the original puck or pushed the puck towards the goaltender in any type of motion, and it was a poke check, then this wouldn't have been a goal. But they said that Zuccarello never actually shot the puck. He never actually uh, pushed the puck to try to go into the net. He was trying to deke. The goalie poke checked, and then the momentum uh, of his stick all continued to move forward, which is mm. why they called it a good goal. Hopefully, I'm explaining that clearly. I know it's a little bit of a mouthful, but yeah, that's the way I, no, the I get what you're reads. saying, and I, I would say that um, I kind of like it the way it was. If the goalie's going to make a play at it and touch it, then it should still be fair game in order for you to whack it in. That's how I see it. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I think that uh, they made the right call. And, and Vladar is going to do what he's going to do to protest. You can't blame him for that. The Calgary Flames also weren't happy uh, at the moment in the game. But I, I do think they got this one right. Yeah, six save from Vladar in that shootout as well. The Scorpion save that we referenced off that. the top of the show. <laughs> it was like kind of like a lazy man's uh, save. Not to say that he's not athletic or anything like that. But it was kind of like... I don't know. Some seemed like some dad strength in there. You're just kind of laying down. You're like, oh, I'm going to kick this other leg out and do it. So I could identify with that. But uh, Colby, great job today. That'll do it for today's edition of Daily Face Off Live. We'll be back at 12 noon Eastern on Monday with Tyler Uremchuk. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Face Off Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.